Hello and welcome to Skin Theory, a podcast that gives you the tools and resources to achieve glowing skin from within. I'm your skin's BFF and holistic nutritionist, Carolyn. This is a safe space where we face acne with a holistic, comprehensive, and personalized approach. I am so grateful that you chose Skin Theory to immerse with me in all things skin, wellness, and personal growth. If you are ready to leave the acne story behind, then let's clear from within. This is the Skin Theory Podcast. Welcome back to the Skin Theory Podcast. I'm so excited to welcome a very special guest with us today. Her name is Maddie Battle. Maddie is a hormone nutritionist specializing in helping women heal their hormonal imbalances, especially post-birth control syndrome. Maddie is a personal friend of mine, and she is a wealth of knowledge, especially with coming off of the pill, balancing your hormones, um, as well as clearing your skin. So I know that we're going to have such a valuable conversation today, especially if you are in that space of coming off of the pill. This is the conversation for you. If you are someone who is worried about their skin, whether you are actively experiencing acne right now or just worried about that, we're definitely going to dive into that as well. I'm so excited to have Maddie here. She's a wealth of knowledge. Welcome, Maddie. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to chat with you. Yeah. I know like struggling with acne is something we both have dealt with in our like health histories. And yes. it's often something that feels very isolating, but we know that we know all too well, like so many people are struggling with acne and it's a really nice reminder that we aren't alone in our skin struggles. What has been your experience with your skin and health? Yes. So I struggled with acne so much from right when I hit puberty at 12, um, all the way pretty much through like my whole teenage years and early adult life until I was 25, 26, when I went to school for holistic nutrition and realized that your skin, you know, we can heal our skin from the inside out. Um, but it really felt like I was just going to have acne my whole life. And it was so isolating because, Oh, it was so annoying. Like in high school, all my friends like complaining about one zit that they had. Meanwhile, I'm like over here with these like huge cystic acne all along my jaw. It was so painful. Like, you know, the underground ones that are, that are hurt when you laugh and all that stuff. So I did find it really isolating, but, um, and I never really considered that I could even have clear skin. It just kind of became part of my identity. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you felt like that too, you know, back in the day, but it just never even occurred to me that I could have, um, clear skin until I learned about it basically through holistic nutrition school. Yeah. I think you bring up such a powerful piece of the acne puzzle. There's such a emotional connection, identity connection. Totally. That oftentimes when you're clearing your skin, that's the biggest barrier I find for a lot of us. Yeah, I think so too. It's similar to, you know, any kind of like health issue or hormone issue. If we identify with it so deeply, mm-hmm. of course, you know, we're going to have such a hard time healing from it. I find that with, I found that with myself. Um, I had, I was diagnosed with PCOS when I was in high school and which was relieving in a way because it kind of gave me a reason for why I was dealing with all the acne. But at the same time, I found myself really identifying with someone who had this hormone issue and, you know, had this like health issue that I felt like I couldn't get out of and that I was never going to heal from. So yeah. I think you're so right. I think mindset is a huge part of healing. And I know that <laughs> some people think find that's kind of annoying to hear because they're thinking like, oh, well, how do I change my mindset? It's not that easy. But it is really about like not identifying with what you're dealing with and identifying with you as a person healing from it. Like I'm, I don't have PCOS. Like I'm healing from PCOS. I don't have acne. I'm healing from acne every day. Oh, I love that little shift. That shift in language I feel like is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like PCOS was a huge piece of like your skin journey? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, on one hand, like I said earlier, like it felt good to get a diagnosis. And I work with a lot of women who feel that same way. You know, you 
are struggling so much. You don't know why you're struggling. You don't know why you feel the way that you feel. And then we get, you know, Dutch hormone test results back, for example, and there's a lot wrong on the test and they're relieved. And it's great because it's so nice. Now we have a plan and there's a reason for you to be feeling that way. And it's so validating. So on one hand, I felt validated because I dealt with such bad periods and they're really irregular and had all this abnormal hair growth and all this acne. But on the other hand, I don't think it was great for my mental health to be diagnosed and have someone tell me that, you know, I would have trouble having babies and like I was basically infertile and all this stuff. Like I don't, it didn't, you know, I don't think it was very positive in that way. But when I went to school and I learned about hormone issues and inflammation and cortisol levels and all the things that accumulate to a hormone imbalance like PCOS, then I was able to say like, okay, I have a blueprint now and I can heal my skin and heal my hormones too, um, no matter what the PCOS diagnosis was. Sure. I think that's like a really good point, especially it's it's actually pretty unique that you were diagnosed with PCOS like so young. Like I feel like that's like probably maybe to your advantage in your experience, like kind of knowing yeah. that at pros and cons. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, with PCOS, it's, it's helpful to know it's like it's definitely not like a like one and done thing. There's definitely like things that we can do to help like reverse symptoms and really help like manage that. I feel like can be empowering. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't really get that sort of information. Of course, from my doctor, we don't usually um, kind of any solutions. It wasn't very solution oriented, mm-hmm. um, but I barely have any PCOS symptoms now. I've, And that's the thing about hormone imbalances is that no matter what diagnosis you get, there are ways to manage the symptoms. And once the symptoms are managed, you basically don't have it at all. I get cysts here and there, um, but that's pretty much it. And that's when I'm kind of, I've put my health on the back burner. I'm not taking care of my blood sugar regulation or my cortisol levels. And that's kind of when I start to see things changing. But um, yeah, there's so much that we can do to help with hormone imbalances like that. Love that. For you, is it really like your skin is one of the kind of like markers that you're looking for? Like if you do notice like like a spike or a flare up in your skin, is that kind of like, okay, I need to pay more attention? Or do you feel like your skin's like pretty calm now? It's pretty calm now, to be honest. Um, That's exciting. That's great. Yeah, it is. You know, I have a pimple right now and, um, you know, hormonal, chin, jawline area. Sure. Yeah. And um, I realize it's the first time in months that I've had any sort of breakout, which is crazy. And it's just Amazing. because I've been, yeah, so busy with work and like not really taking care of my health the past couple of weeks. Yeah. So, you know, of course that's going to happen. It's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my skin is pretty calm, which I'm very, very <laughs> happy about finally. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so good to hear. I love that. Yeah, we are seeing more and more women come off of hormonal birth control and removing IUDs. What was your personal experience with this? Yes. So I went on birth control when I was very young. Um, I think I was 13. I was in grade eight for all of my acne that I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I didn't have any informed consent on how (laughs) it would affect my hormones or anything. And most of us, you know, don't. Yeah. Um, and when I came off of it, well, first of all, I had really bad reactions to it in the years later on. Like my anxiety was through the roof. My mental health was really suffering. I was throwing up all the time from anxiety and I didn't even know it was anxiety. I was so disconnected from my body. My skin wasn't even better. So it was like, okay, what if it's this? And then I, you know, stopped the pill or actually it was the patch at that time throwback to when we used to yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) highest dose ever like oh my gosh um then I got off of it and I felt better the anxiety went away I stopped throwing up all the time which was amazing but the post pill syndrome symptoms were raging like Mm. I got the worst acne I was so unstable mentally I gained a ton of weight um and I had really irregular periods, really painful periods. Yeah. So that stuff wasn't 
great. And I wish I had known that you can support your body beforehand so you don't have to deal with any of that. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my post pill syndrome symptoms combined with the PCOS, you know, just being out of control because I just wasn't taking care of my body. I didn't, I didn't know how to, frankly. So. Yeah. I think that's a good thing to know. And I think you mentioned even like the informed consent, like so many of us, especially like women, I would say like in their twenties and Mm thirties going on the pill, like just not being informed at all about what's going on. Yeah. And it seems like more and more like the pills just being prescribed for like all hormonal issues whether it's like acne like anything in women's health it's just like oh like go on the pill yeah Um, yeah Yeah. how does the pill really contribute to these hormonal imbalances like whether we have PCOS or not and how does it really create this perfect storm for acne Mm -hmm. so in terms of acne what the pill does when you're on it or not just the pill but hormonal birth control in general so any sort of contraception including the um hormonal iud Mm -hmm. is it suppresses our testosterone production and it increases something called sex hormone binding globulin which grabs onto whatever testosterone that we do make that is there so our testosterone levels are really low and then when we go off of it there's an androgenic so um testosterone surge afterwards because your body starts making the correct amounts again. And testosterone uh, contributes to our sebum and oil production. And that's why a lot of women who didn't see any acne before, never dealt with acne in their life, then go off of hormonal birth control and they have, you know, a ton of hormonal acne that they've never seen. The pill also causes inflammation it raises our cortisol levels because of this inflammation. It overburdens the liver, which is a huge contributor to acne. Um, we're not ovulating on it. So we're not creating progesterone, which balances out our estrogen and all the estrogen that we're getting from our environment that we're making from our body and that we're getting from the pill. So yeah, exactly. You said it, it really is the perfect storm. Um, and if, you know, if you're on it for contraception and you love it and it works for you and you're aware of the long-term side effects, great. But exactly what you said before, like no one is told or not no one. Exactly like you said before, a lot of women aren't told that it can affect our hormones down the road. A lot of women don't even know how it works. I certainly didn't. And it's kind of marketed or given to women as this fix-all cure. And it's not really fixing anything. It's a band-aid method. And you're actually making whatever you're trying to fix worse for you down Mm -hmm. the road. Yeah, yeah. And it really creates this like – I mean, I know we're focusing a lot on the skin and acne, mm-hmm. but on top of that too, it's really creating this like whole post-pill syndrome. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned some of them, but what are some of the things even outside of the skin that you're seeing a lot in your practice too, like that kind of post-pill syndrome? Yeah. So seeing a lot of um, hormonal acne or just regular acne – um, irregular periods or just non-existent periods when, you know, you go off of it, trying to get your period back can be difficult for some women. Um, and then when you do get your period, it can be very heavy and painful, lots of PMS, like mood swings, breast tenderness, bloating, irritability. Yeah. Gut issues are part of it as well for some women because it's really hard on our gut microbiome. Um, overall inflammation levels, like so we see a lot of weight gain. Um, mm-hmm. so women have hair loss too. And a lot of women oh, yeah. have low libido because of the, how it lowers our testosterone so much. And it's hard to get that back right away. I know the hair loss is like such a big one. I don't know if it's like being talked about more, but I feel like I see like even among my girlfriends, like hair loss being a really big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Other than like we kind of understanding like acne creating this perfect storm with this like upregulation of testosterone once you come off of the pill, creating that like excess sebum. So that's kind of giving people even someone like you said who wasn't acne prone mm-hmm. or seeing women go through this like spike in acne at that like three to six month mark post pill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all those other symptoms that you mentioned too – is there any other reason like why this is happening? Like what else, like what else is the pill like really doing to kind of like create this on top of the, the sebum and testosterone? Mm-hmm. So 
great question because I feel like this is the perfect place to start if you are on the pill or if you've gotten off of it and you're wanting to fix some of the symptoms that you're getting is really re-nourishing a lot of the nutrients that the pill depletes. Because we, again, we aren't told this, but we should be focusing on specific nutrients that the pill depletes while we're on it. So B vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, zinc, and selenium. And these exact nutrients are ones that are necessary for hormone balance and sex hormone regulation and stress hormone regulation too. So the pill is depleting that, those nutrients, which is not helpful. Mm-hmm. It's also overburdening the liver because you're on a pharmaceutical every day. And a lot of people don't know how to do liver support. It's also raising our cortisol levels because it raises inflammation in the body. So supporting our stress systems and our cortisol levels are really important. And our insulin levels, making sure that we're supporting our insulin levels is really important as well. Um, There's so many ways that the pill is affecting the body that we don't even realize how it works is keeping us from ovulating or at least one of the pills, one of the ways that the, one of the pills works anyways, is to keep us from ovulating. And it also increases inflammation in the body. Um, but when we're not ovulating, we're not creating any progesterone. And when we're not creating any progesterone, we aren't getting the progesterone benefits. It's amazing for our bone health, our moods. It's amazing for inflammation and, it can be really detrimental to the body to not create progesterone as well, because then there's no hormone to balance out all the estrogen that we're getting too. So that's what leads to a lot of the PMS symptoms that a lot of women deal with as well, because there's just so much estrogen in the body and there's no progesterone to balance it out. Yeah. I think that's so key to understanding too. I feel like I had no idea that that was the case. Like when I was going on the pill, you often- either. You hear like regulate your cycle. Um, it's yeah. so funny. I was talking. I have a twin sister, and I was talking to her last I night. A twin sister, I have a twin sister, yeah. Oh and I was talking to her last night. We were just talking about like the birth control pill. Yeah. And uh, I was like, "Oh, M, like you know, why aren't you like what? What's keeping you on the pill?" Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she's honestly just like, honestly, she's like, "I love the predictability." Like, you know, of just like knowing when it's coming and I'm like, oh my gosh, we can start charting your cycle. Like there's so many things we can do to give you that, you know, yeah, um, totally. but the other reason, like my sister and I both really struggled with our skin yeah. and like so many women, I feel like acne and the skin is almost, if not like the biggest barrier to keeping women on the pill, mm-hmm. like they're just like, I can't go through this like year long journey yeah. of like my acne flaring up like a teenager, basically. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. Anyway, so she and that like, listen, I get it. And I'm sure you get it too. Like it's, it's tough mentally. Yeah. Um, but that's why it's so exciting. Like there are so many good resources out there. Um, kind of like what's been your experience? Like you know, why is acne so prevalent? We kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, and how long does it typically last mm-hmm. when you are coming off of the pill? Okay. First off though, I want to ask, did you tell your sister that it's not your, her real period, that it's just a withdrawal bleed that she's expecting? Yes. I, okay. I, you know, I feel like, you know, <laughs> gently. Yeah. Yeah. I gently. I know. I totally get that. Yeah. I feel like it blows everyone's mind. You know, I'm like, it's not a real period. And they're like, what? It's like, it's just a withdrawal bleed from you're withdrawing from the hormones that you're on. It's yeah. not a real period because you didn't ovulate. Um, so you're not getting all those benefits, but, um, yeah, I totally understand that it is a big barrier Um, first of all, for contraception. And then also I totally agree acne as well. People just don't want to deal with it because it's so hard that you go to an esthetician doesn't help. You go to a dermatologist doesn't help. You go to your doctor, they want to prescribe you a different pharmaceutical, or they just say, go on the pill. You know, it's just part of being a woman, all that crap that we're fed. Sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I forget where your question was. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, no, that's such a good point. And I think, yeah, just knowing that like it's not a true period. I feel like I get the question all the time of like, oh, like how bad is it if I just like, you know, you know how we oh, used to skip. think? Yeah. You know how like in high school, you'd be like, oh, I'm going on a trip. I'm just going to yeah. skip the sugar pill. 
yeah. thinking and I thinking like, oh my God, this is going to be so bad for me. Meanwhile, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. It does in the way that like you do want to be shedding your endometrial lining. Like you don't okay. want it building up, okay. but that's in terms of hormones, you're right. Like the withdrawal bleed that we're getting during the sugar week is literally just there because your body's withdrawing from those hormones that you've been on for the rest of the month. Yeah. In terms of hormones, you're right. It doesn't make a difference because you're not ovulating and the ovulation is the start of the show and you're not ovulating either way. However, I, I do advise against women just skipping the sugar pill or going on okay. one of the birth controls that you don't bleed on because you do want to still shed our endometrial lining. It is building up because of estrogen. And so just to make sure that you're, you know, preventative in terms of like uterine cancers and stuff like that, it is healthy to be shedding the lining, but you're right for hormones and hormonally, it's not a real period. So it doesn't make a difference in that sense. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Okay. Good to know. I'll tell Emily. I'll tell my sister. <laughs> tell her. Um, but yeah. Okay. The question I was asking before was, you I know. Rant about- <laughs> no. Oh my God. It's so good. <laughs> I think post-pill acne is so prevalent, whether it's, I say mm-hmm. post-pill, but I also mean like post-IUD, like yeah. post-hormonal contraceptive. I think I mentioned this a little bit, but how long are you seeing, like, how long would this typically last? Mm -hmm. What would people, can people expect? Yeah. So it depends on the woman. And I know that that's a really annoying answer for someone who might be listening and wondering the same thing, but it really depends because the severity of post-pill syndrome symptoms really depends on how long you've been on hormonal birth control and not ovulating and increasing inflammation and just how long you've been on it. And the second factor is the age in which you went on it. So if you had tons of cycles and true cycles and ovulations beforehand, you're going to probably be less affected than someone like me who maybe got two periods in her life before going on the hormonal contraception. And the other factor is just general environment, stress, uh, toxin levels. There are so many like physical and emotional and biological stressors that can contribute to how long it takes somebody to get their period back after. But post-pill syndrome doesn't happen to everybody. Um, So I want to be clear about that. I don't want someone to listen to this and think like, okay, well, I'm going to stay on the pill forever. Right. Yeah. Because it's not always going to happen. And there are so many ways to prevent the severity of the symptoms. But to, you know, long story long, um, to answer your question, it's usually between like three to six months I see with a lot of my clients. Some women get symptoms right away and some women don't get them for five months. But you're usually in the clear if you haven't had anything for six months. But if you start preparing your body ahead of time, so when I work one-on-one with people, we... Of course, unless they really want to get off of it soon, but let's say they're willing to wait another two to three months and we do a bunch of post pill transition prep beforehand, that Mm -hmm. woman is going to have a lot less symptoms than somebody who just, you know, raw dogs it and tosses their pack out the window, which we love that enthusiasm. Yeah. (laughs) But um, that might, the post pill syndrome symptoms might take a little bit longer to work through than someone who preps their body before. Yeah, that's a really helpful thing to remember. I definitely just like threw it out the window and was like, yeah, I'm just going to hop off this. I did too. I ripped the patch off and literally threw it. I remember exactly where I was. I was so frustrated. My mom was like, what if it's the, what if it's the birth control? And I was like, well. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. Um, I think like, yeah, like really, we, you know, like exploring all this stuff, like enough of like, we've been exploring a lot of like heavy topics, obviously like mm-hmm. getting off of the pill can feel heavy. It can feel intimidating, but I think yeah. like you're doing a really good job, Maddie of like, you know, like we're going to focus now, if you're listening, we're going to focus now more <laughs> on like, you know, empowering what we can be doing, you know, not to feel like super intimidated, um, to feel that there are so many resources. And like, I feel like you and I have both been through it and know that like the things like the small things and we're going to talk through some of them um can make a huge difference like yeah hormonally emotionally physically like just can change your whole life Mm -hmm. um so yeah moving into more of like the light exciting stuff where is the best place to start when coming off of the pill 
So you definitely want to start, I think, diet first. That's, you know, the easiest change. And you're so right. It is tiny little changes that you can make, little habits, habit building that compound effect into making a huge change for yourself. And people don't realize that our hormones are affected by all the little day-to-day things that we do. We don't have to like make this huge change in our diet and take all these supplements and, you know, really like mentally gear ourselves up for it. There are so many things you can do on a day-to-day. So what I focus on in my healing after birth control course is a 360 approach in terms of stress management, diet, lowering your inflammation and balancing your blood sugar, which is huge detoxification. And the best place to start is just to start lowering your inflammatory foods, you know, really cut out your inflammatory oils and just do coconut oil, avocado oil, and um, olive oil and Mm -hmm. start cutting back on gluten and processed sugars and cut back on caffeine and start increasing your protein intake as much as possible. So eat breakfast, protein forward meals, little things like that are going to help your hormones get back on track because that is going to affect your blood sugar. It's going to affect your day-to-day energy levels, your cortisol, and you're going to be able to physically and mentally and emotionally prepare yourself to make more changes because you're going to feel way more nourished on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. It's it's really amazing how much that day-to-day stuff just like obviously like more so like even how you're eating and obviously what you're eating. Yeah. Um, How you're eating is huge. You're so right. Like in terms of blood sugar management, insulin and like weight management too. I think people really overcomplicate things. It's not just about what you're eating. It's how you're eating, how often you're eating, you know, are you pairing protein and fat with your carbs? Are you eating right away when you wake up or are you waiting for hours until your blood sugar tanks and then you're reaching for caffeine? Like it is, just as much about how you're eating as well as what you're eating. Yeah. I think that like, like that point of like trying to eat, you know, within that first 30 minutes, Yeah. Um. you know, getting, I don't know about you, but do you find like a lot of clients and people that you're chatting with really struggle with that appetite in the morning? Yes. And it's one of the only times that I say, do not listen to your intuition here. You need to, for the first week at least, force yourself to eat between 30 to 60 minutes after you wake up and you will start to have an appetite again. But it really is so important to eat right away because your body is literally relying on nothing if you're not fueled. Your car, it's like a car running on empty. And then women go to the gym fasted and they drink coffee on an empty stomach and there you are, your cortisol and your blood sugar is mess for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I know you said that like the stress and creating that like safety in the body was one of the things to focus on. What other than like obviously with food, like what else do you recommend like in that area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So food is huge for that because you're making your body feel safe on a physical level, mm-hmm. but emotionally and mentally it's huge as well. So really making sure that you're doing stress management. And this is what all of my clients and myself, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. resist so hard because people really put stress management on the black on the back burner because we've got so many things in our life, jobs, families, kids, you know, just general life. But the more that you support your HPA axis, which is our like stress system that um, creates our stress hormones. The more we're doing that, the better we are going to be able to support our bodies and it really affects our hormones. So the biggest thing that I tell people to start doing is breath work because Mm. in the same way that meditation has long-term effects, breath work has those, but it also has insanely magical short-term effects as well. It immediately tones your nervous system. If you take 10 minutes out of your day and just YouTube a free breath work, you will feel so different. And that's an amazing way to be supporting your nervous system and really making sure that your body isn't in an emergency state all the time. Because if you're not nourishing and you're running around like a chicken with its head cut off, over-caffeinated, undernourished, over-exercising, which a lot of my clients start out being, why would your body want to let you make a baby? 
if it thinks that you're in an emergency situation, if it thinks that, you know, there's some sort of famine going on because you're not eating for three hours after you wake up. By undernourishing and overexercising and overcaffeinating, that is a stress. So yeah. we have to take, you know, a through like again, we have to take a full service approach to stress management. Mm-hmm. Like reproduction is not imperative to survival. Mm-hmm. So our body is going to really, you know, well, why does that matter if we're can't even perform our basic functions well because mm-hmm. we're so undernourished and stressed out? It's mm-hmm. not going to let you ovulate. And that's one of the biggest things I get clients to, you know, cut back on high intensity exercise and they'll get their period a month later. Yeah. Yeah. I do find it's so funny. Like sometimes we're hitting all three of those things and it's like not even 9am, you know, like (laughs) not eating, having a coffee and then going to like a high intensity workout. Like, yeah. And trying to work out fasted because like women are not small men and all of those intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting studies are done on men. It's not the same for us. Men have a 24-hour clock. We have a 28-day clock. Uh, We're so different at each phase in our cycle. And intermittent fasting is not great for us at every time of the month. Mm -hmm. And that is a major stressor on the body. So in terms of, you know, just very baseline starting to heal your body and your hormones from birth control, making sure that you're nourishing enough and you're not under eating and you're not over-exercising. Um, and there's certain nutrients that you can focus on as well. But yeah, I would say lowering inflammation and then making sure you're nourished is the most important thing to start off with. Yeah, that's great. That's really, really helpful. Um, is there anything else like someone's thinking about coming off of the pill that they should be thinking about? Yes, I think the next thing, which was the most important, or the next thing that is also important is liver support. Mm, okay. I think we kind of forget about that as well. So yeah, our liver has to work through every toxin in our environment, everything that goes on our skin, in the air that we breathe, everything we take, eat. So when we're taking pharmaceutical every day, of course, this is going to make the liver work a little bit harder, but our liver metabolizes toxins as well as our hormones and our estrogen. And we want to encourage our liver to create the estrogen metabolite that is favorable for our body and the least DNA damaging, as opposed to the two other metabolites, which are just not as great. And we don't love them as much. And they cause a bunch of unwanted symptoms like PMS. So the more that we can support our liver to, this is going to help with estrogen production, estrogen metabolism, and it's going to help with a lot of the PMS symptoms that a lot of women get after going off of hormonal birth control. So this could look like in terms of your diet, eating the foods that have the nutrients that run these liver pathways. So cruciferous veggies, dandelion, it can also look like herbal tea, which is a great way to implement herbal medicine into your diet. If you don't want to take a supplement, getting a good liver support of herbal tea is great. There's so many amazing ways to support your liver. You can do castor oil packs, Um, coffee enemas, if you're open to that, but I think liver support is something that like we, as a, you know, society don't pay enough attention to, and it really affects everything about your health. Yeah. I think that's a really good, like foundational place to start, like food first. That's great. Mm -hmm. Pastor oil pack. If you want to like layer on something else. Yeah. And yeah, I'm hearing more and more about coffee enemas. I feel like I need to like dip my toe in that. That you do. I, I love them. And it's a whole thing. You know, you got to get a specific type of coffee, whatever. Okay, yeah. But it increases our liver's ability to make glutathione by f- like 500 times or something. Like it's it's okay. really, really powerful. Um, the caffeine obviously isn't surpassing your digestion. It's going up through your bile duct. So totally different. And mm-hmm. um, it's amazing for gut health. It's amazing for, of course, energy, but also it really helps us create way more of that major antioxidant glutathione. So highly recommend. (laughs) Okay. And I feel like too, maybe this hasn't been like research, but just like, just knowing how interconnected everything is like with the skin, it's like, if you are dealing with acne, chances are it's also connected to like your gut health. Totally. So I think just like getting that would be helpful. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, I don't know if you find this with a lot of your clients, but I know for sure for me, like there's a couple different root causes of acne, but majority mm. of the time it's a little bit of everything. Like yeah. it's gut health, it's inflammation, it's sex hormone balance, it's stress management, it's liver stagnation. Like it's a little bit of everything for most people. So yeah. the 360 approach of like the liver support, the diet for inflammation and doing all these other things can help. Um and just keeping in mind that like, it's the little things we do every day, like trying to use cleaner products that will help with your liver and your, the overburden. Yeah. There's so many little things that we can do. It's not necessarily like one major solution I've found anyways. I I totally agree. I think that's also really refreshing to hear too. It kind of can take the pressure off. Like I feel like there's so much like shame and guilt, especially around acne, whether you're yeah. coming off of the pill or whatever, um, you know, just kind of feeling frustrated being like, I'm doing all of these things. It's like, hey, like the skin is the skin is a sticky organ. Like she's finicky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's fickle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so not alone in that experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I think I touched on this a little before, even this is like what my sister was saying, the pill and the IUD especially can provide this like added sense of control. It's funny. We want to control something that is like, so like natural and beautiful, like, like our cycle, like, you know, but I think we can just become so out of touch Mm -hmm. with our bodies and our cycle, like myself included. So by adding this more sense of control with like, whether it's like contraception, um, huge one, um, Mm -hmm. but also like one to expect our period. So we can like plan our lives. Like (laughs) being a woman, it's like, we're dealing with something very, you know, your cycle is going to change month to month, a couple days, probably depending on some people are like clockwork, but you know, we're dealing with something very, I want to say like feminine. Mm-hmm. in a very like masculine world that's very like yes. structured so it's it's hard and it's so hard and the it's pill so provides that like masculine thing making yeah. it into a schedule yeah you're so right i love that perspective you know i could rant on and on about <laughs> the patriarchy and how <laughs> women aren't supposed to be living like men but we are and that you know makes it way difficult way more difficult for us mm-hmm. on many levels physically and emotionally and spiritually and energetically. Um, There's so many things, but yeah, I think being more intuitive about your cycle is something that I was never interested in when I was younger, like full disclosure. I completely identified with exactly what you just said, like so disconnected from my body, so frustrated with my body. You know, I have all this acne, I have PCOS, my pears all over the place. I was so just completely disconnected. And now that I feel way more in tune with what's going on and just, I don't know how else to say it other than like at home in my body, I've realized that like the more I can pay attention intuitively to my cycle, the better I feel. And Mm -hmm. Some day, like some months, my period is still irregular because I have PCOS and I'm just like a little bit more sensitive to things. I had a long cycle this past month because I've been really stressed and that will push my cycle. Mm-hmm. But um, being more intuitive with what's going on in your body gives us that sense of um, like safety in terms of the timing and tracking your cycle is huge too. Even if you're not tracking for contraception, which is possible, like using fertility awareness method, you're tracking your basal body temperature and you're tracking your cervical fluid. And that's an amazing way to do it as well. But even if you're just doing that stuff to figure out where you're at in your cycle, then you're able to identify why we feel the way we feel at certain times, you know, like during our menstruation, we are turning inward more, we're burning more calories, we're hungry, but our hormones are the lowest that they are all month. So we're not feeling social. We just want to curl up on the couch. We're not as productive. We're not as creative as we are in different phases. So the more that we can kind of tune inward, we get that sort of safety feeling that is kind of, we're faked with the birth control pill. Yeah, no, so true. I think 
tracking your cycle um, is such a powerful tool. Um, It's probably one of my favorite things to introduce people to when they're coming off of the pill or removing an IUD. Mm. And like you were saying, like you can use it for either, like you can use it for like contraceptive, but you can also just use it. You gave a great example, like you are tracking your cycle and you were like, oh, I had a longer cycle this month. It's like that, but you were tracking. So like you knew it was going to be longer Because like you didn't ovulate. So it's not like you're worried about like an unplanned pregnancy or like whatnot because you like know what's going on. Yeah. And I can Mm -hmm. identify what supports my body and what doesn't, you Mm -hmm. know, like, oh, I ate a lot of cruciferous veg last, um, last month or two months ago. This period was way less crampy because I was supporting my liver so much more. Mm. Um, And yeah, it just makes me feel way more connected and it's not scary. It's way more empowering, I find, than taking something which shuts off my cycle. And then it's just everything's all over the place because symptoms are here and they're there and what's the side effect and what's not. It's way better to just know exactly what's going on. And that's what I get from tracking and it just feels feels really good. I love that. Are there any other tools that you really lean on as someone's coming off of the pill other than tracking um, or helping people kind of figure out when their periods might return to like a normal rhythm? Tracking is the best because we can Mm -hmm. figure out, you know, are you ovulating? Are you having Mm -hmm. a strong ovulation? You know, what's going on with your metabolism and like your thyroid, like Mm -hmm. in the way that we can see if someone's temperature is a little bit too low Tracking Mm -hmm. is definitely the best. And I wouldn't, I encourage women to start tracking just to learn more about their cycle and figure out what's going on versus tracking it for contraception because it takes a little while to learn your body. And also, you know, when you've ovulated, but you don't predict when you're ovulating, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So to know when you're ovulating, that's amazing. It, we can figure out what's happening. If we're creating that fertile cervical fluid, that's definitely the best tool. In terms of other tools, I find having a routine really Mm. great. So habit trackers um, and little like detox protocols. Basically, I like make sure I use castor oil packs specific time as I make sure I use castor oil packs certain times of the week um, and really like establishing a self-care routine. I find that a lot Mm. of well, myself included, but a lot of my clients too, like just find that they put their own health on the back burner. They're taking care of, you know, their careers or their families or their kids and really encouraging women to like put themselves first, scheduling that hour alone if you need it or to book a massage or just scheduling time to do self-care at night can really change people's hormones because they're putting themselves first energetically, but also they're putting time aside. And that sort of self-care helps with like liver support and post-pill syndrome symptoms, but it also helps with stress management, which will get your ovulation back faster. Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful, especially when coming off of the pill, just like leaning into those routines that are focused on you. Yeah, exactly. And you really have to, because it is a transition. Like your body is literally trying to come back online your brain and your ovaries you're trying to establish that connection again it's a big deal so treating it as such you know like making sure that you're really supporting yourself in more ways than one like nutritionally energetically um through supplementation like really putting yourself first at that time is going to make everything way easier and also help you reestablish that connection with your body again yeah Your body is coming back online. I love that. (laughs) And I think just like also seeing it as a really exciting time. I like, you know, we talked about like, you know, like the heavy stuff. It's like, yeah, but also the experience can be a breeze as well. Like I think you mentioned that this isn't everyone's experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But for a lot of women, I think just feeling like empowered, like there are so many resources out there. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that we like haven't touched on in like the post pill, post IUD experience that you feel like will be really helpful for anyone going through that? 
I think what you just said about having it, looking at it like a exciting experience is Mm -hmm. very key because, you know, (laughs) the more healed I feel with my body, the more woo-woo and spiritual I get with this type of stuff. (laughs) And I just, it is so exciting to have your hormones be natural and balanced again. I work with a lot of women who say like, I just want to go off the pill because I want to know what I'm like. Yeah. Not on it. Mm -hmm. And that's such a beautiful opportunity. I really was not my best self when I was on it. And when I came off, yes, the struggle was hard for, you know, a couple months longer, but it would have been, you know, way shorter had I known what to do. But compared to the amount of years that I have had and will continue to have, so much healthier now that I'm off of it that the struggle was absolutely nothing compared to what yeah. I did you know yeah I think having that like perspective especially the more we share us like going through it and feeling like it was totally worth it yeah I think can help help that barrier of like okay it might be temporarily dealing with some symptoms Mm-hmm. There's so many good resources out there. I know that you are actually releasing a course to help support women and people with cycles make this transition even easier. So that's super exciting. If you feel like you've been listening to this and you got lots of good tidbits and valuable information, um, yeah, how can the course that you're launching be a resource for them? Yes. So My course is called Healing After Birth Control, and the doors are open until Thursday. So what we do in the course is you're taken through everything that you need in order to heal your body after birth control, whether you want to prepare to go off of it or if you've gone off of it recently or semi-recently or maybe not even recently at all, but maybe you're not feeling good afterwards. You've got post pill syndrome symptoms. You just feel all out of whack. It takes you through everything that you need to do and know in order to feel good again and balance your hormones again. It's what I wish I knew when I went off of it. And it's what I've used with lots of clients to help them feel better again. So I'm really excited to be able to help people in that way with that course, because it's, it's everything that I wish I had basically (laughs) from an educated perspective as well, which is good. Amazing. Honestly, knowledge is so key, especially during this time stacking a couple little habits together we just went through like so so helpful yeah totally and I also would encourage people to not get too wrapped up in how scary the process is um I've had a couple clients who have been part of like Facebook groups of like women who are really 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 struggling and they were just terrified because they had so many horror stories in their head about how poorly it's gonna go Mm -hmm. and I encouraged them to get out of those groups because I was like, well, of course it's going to go poorly if you're only hearing bad stories. Like what about all the women who, you know, have a totally fine time and like you're doing everything that you can and things are going to go so well. This is what I'm here for and to help you. So I would also encourage you to like maybe not be focusing on how scary it can be as much as possible and just focus on like really getting, you know, educated on all the ways that you can support your body. Because at the end of the day, maybe it is like, even if it's a painful process, it's definitely one that is worth it. Yeah. That's so, so key. Yeah. I think that's so key. Even as you were talking through that, it literally reminded me of, you know, I feel like we have like side topic, but we have this like uh, idea of like how like childbirth is for women and how it's like yes it's like oh scary thing but Terrifying. it's like yeah that's kind yeah. of like how it's like whatever you think that's kind of what your experience is more likely going to feel like I completely agree and you know yeah on childbirth topic every single movie every single tv show is just like yeah. the drama the screaming the bright hospital lights, the force, the scary stuff. It is such a beautiful experience. It is, from a biological perspective, what our bodies were made for. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny that you say that because I, just a couple months ago, I started following all of these like natural birth accounts um, that show tons of videos, like explicit, like you're upfront, you're in it, videos and photos of all of these amazing experiences that these women have had, these peaceful births 
where, you know, these essentially pain-free births as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to, you know, get sensitized to that experience as an option, as opposed to the other, the, like, you know, the former experiences, which we grew up knowing about. And it's the same idea. It's like our bodies were meant to be naturally producing these hormones yeah. We are should not be scared of our period every month. We don't have to be. If your norm is painful periods, it's not normal. It's been normalized, but there's a difference and you don't have to deal with that. I think there's a lot of like shame and just vindictive kind of yeah. well, maybe that's not the right word. I think there's a lot of a shame around what women's bodies do and there's not a lot of education the sex education that I received was next to nothing. And so we don't learn how our bodies work. We don't learn what the point of our cycle is, what our cervical fluid, the point of that is, what that even is. We don't understand how our bodies work. And so of course we're going to be, you know, scared about getting back to our natural rhythm when we didn't learn anything about how to do it. Yeah. I know. I feel like that's definitely the case for so many of us. Yeah. And that's so helpful. Even just like sharing your experience, I feel like is valuable so people don't feel like they are alone. Mm -hmm. And my last question to really wrap up, I feel like we've been really alluding alluding to this, like the whole conversation, just kind of giving ourselves the tools that we wish that we had. But what is something that you might tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self to get off of birth control earlier. Okay. I love this. Yeah. That's what I would have done because I just felt so much better and more like myself afterwards. And I would also tell her too, that you don't have to live with acne. It's not part of who you are. It's just a sign that you've got some healing on the inside to do. And it's totally possible and totally doable and to have a good mindset about it. Amazing. Perfect. Love it. Um, thanks Maddie so much for joining. Where yeah, can people find and connect with you? Yes. So my Instagram is balance with Maddie. It's also balance with Maddie on TikTok, which you can find me on. And my website is naturalbalancenutrition.com. Amazing. I'm going to link all of that as well as link the link to the course that you are sharing so that people have access to that. Thank you so much for chatting today. This was so much fun. It was so nice to chat with you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about clearing acne holistically, then head on over to carolynhale.com. And if you really enjoyed the episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or leave a rating and review. As an acne nutritionist, creating space for you to feel seen and understood on this wild skin journey is my passion. If there is one thing I know from supporting clients worldwide is that you are not alone in your skin struggles. Tune in each week and together we will explore not only how to clear acne, but completely transform the way you think and feel about your skin. It's the perfect time for you to clear acne, reclaim self-love, and thrive. Until next time, I am wishing you glowing skin from within.